Good morning. I pray you all are doing well. What an awesome praise and worship session. Uh, thank you all. Uh, excited about bringing you guys a message today as I was asking the Lord what he wanted to release. And before I do that, I'm Erica. For those I have not had a chance to meet, I've been part of the Catch the Fire family for seven or eight years. So, so excited to be able to uh, be asked to bring a message on today. One of the things I love about Catch the Fire is you just have to trust who's on the podium, right? You're like, just go Holy Spirit, because I have no idea who's going to be there. So, good morning. Here we go, you guys. Today's assignment that I get to um, share today is all about becoming the rock. Becoming the rock. And the Lord said that there is an unraveling happening right now. It's him pulling on the strings of darkness and the strings of evil that have woven them into the tap woven themselves into the tapestries of our lives, of our families, of our marriages, of our government, of our economy. And God is unraveling. He's revealing and unraveling. And so things might feel a little shaky right now. They might look a little crazy right now. They may look a little unfamiliar right now. But I want you to be encouraged because God is up to something. Because on the other side of the unravel comes the recreation, the reweaving in his image and likeness. When the world falls, the kingdom rises. And now is the time. For us to become the rock like never before and be that place that God can build his church upon that will not waver, that will not doubt, that will not fear, that will not hesitate, that will come out and look different from the world. That is my pet peeve that us Christians look like the world. Like we're supposed to do this thing differently. We're supposed to look differently. We're supposed to change the atmosphere wherever we go, and we are to call out that name of Jesus and be that Jesus instead of whispering and being in victim quiet mode. We're the only place we come and shout is church. And so we know it's a new day, but I want you to be encouraged because on the other side of the unraveling is the recreating, the reweaving, and God is in the process of loosing a tsunami of glory upon us. And it's going to overtake every area of our lives. That our lives reflect kingdom. That our thoughts begin to reflect the power of the kingdom. That our families, our lives are so powerful and so aligned with the kingdom of heaven that without even opening our mouths, people will come to you and say, who is this Jesus? I want to know him like you do. I want to hear him like you do. I want to line up with him like you do. Not because of what we said, but because of who we are. And as we were in praise and worship this morning, I asked the Lord, what is the message that you want to bring today? And he said, you are already that which you have been seeking. You're already who he created you to be. Now we just got to get rid of the muck and mire so we can become the rock. Unwavering.
unwavering, immovable, absolutely certain in all that we are and all that we do. And so today's message is coming from Matthew 16, 15 through 20. I want you to turn with me. It's a very familiar scripture. Because there is a process. And I don't know about you, but there's a couple of different ways you can read the word. You can read it with your mind, which is theology. And we're, you know, deducing and figuring out and, and wondering and looking things up, which is important. Or you can read it with the mind of Christ. You can read it and have that same scripture you've read 50, read 50 times since you were 10 years old mean something different. And my prayer today is this scripture is illuminated to us in a new way. So we don't have to say, God, when, why, what, how anymore. We don't have to wonder where we are in the process. And I don't know about you, but enough's enough. You ever just get tired of the next RTF and healing and this and all the stuff we got to do? And just, can I just be who you created me to be? Please, Lord. And so we're in a season that God is doing an acceleration because he sees our efforts. He sees our hearts. He sees what we've been trying to do. He sees we've been trying to get unstuck. There's an elevation happening that is going to break through this glass ceiling that we have been stuck underneath like never before. And so I want you guys to be encouraged. And I want to share this process that Jesus himself shares in Matthew 16. I'm going to read it. You guys know it well. And he's asking Simon Barzona, who do men say that I am? But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but only my Father which is in heaven. And I also say it unto you, you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give, give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That is awesome. To know that we are in a season and a time that we get to live this scripture that God is just waiting for us to get in position so he can release the keys. He was showing me this morning that he has secrets piled up in the heavenly realm, but we're not in position to receive them. And so I pray today that this word will get us in position to receive those secrets, to receive the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Because the word says there's nothing new under the sun, but there's lots of new stuff above it that God wants to release to you and I to bring into the earth realm. And so I want to give us a process here because if we break down this scripture, Simon Barjona means stone. And the stone is like, think of like a pebble, a, you know, a stone we can hold in our hand. And then God gave him a name change. But there was a process that happened in this process. So, so often we ask for those keys to the kingdom. We want to change our community, change our workplaces, change all this. Give me the keys, Lord. 
But God says, wait a minute. There's a process. And so the first part of this process is to have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is as the Son of God. And it sounds so simple, but I'm not talking about the revelation outside of ourselves. I'm talking about the revelation of who Jesus is inside of you. That you are seated at the right hand of the Father right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is deep. You ever just sit to ponder that? What does that mean? And if I really got that, how different would my life look? I'm one of those people, you guys, I keep lists of questions for God. I'm like, lists, because I grew up, you were never supposed to question God. And I'm like, God's like, wait, he says ask. Seek and knock. and Okay, so I'm going to ask. So I'm incessant with my asking. And the most amazing thing happens when we begin to ask God kingdom questions, he begins to answer. And so that first step is to know the revelation, receive the revelation of who Jesus is inside of you. That there is a kingdom that he died for so you and I can access that, that aligns with the already done kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God inside of you and I. You already are that which you're seeking. You already have that which you're seeking. The problem is it's stuck. We need to get it out, call it forth. And the scripture walks us through that process. In order to have the revelation of who Jesus is in the scripture, Peter had to have open ears spiritually and open spiritual eyes. To be a Christian and not be able to hear the voice of the Lord is like trying to play basketball and you can't hear the voice of the coach. And I'm blown away at how many of us cannot hear the internal audible voice of God. I just thought we all did. Until I started to talk to more and more Christians and they're like, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm hearing. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Is God even speaking to me? And he showed me this week. He took me into this vision. And the only way I can describe it, imagine that wall with all these frequencies running, like radio lines, but frequencies. And God says, I'm constantly releasing communication from the heavenly realm. But we're missing it because our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes are not open. And this is a time that we can easily look at the world and get a little scared and unsettled. But God is doing something higher. He's doing something mightier. And so the first thing, if you're not hearing, not just impartation, because he does impart to all of us. He's always speaking. But I'm talking about that internal, audible voice of God, that coaching voice that will tell you which way to go, how to do it, how high, how low, what you're supposed to do, who you're not, who you meet with, who you don't. That voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to pray into and begin to command those spiritual ears to open up. And those spiritual eyes to open up. It's already inside of you. It just needs to be uncovered. And so often I think in, in Christianity we seek Jesus as, as if he's outside of ourselves. We seek that blessing as if it's over there. And it's already been done and written. We just have to pull it up and release it because the kingdom is neither here nor there. It is inside. And so pray into that if you are not crystal clear that you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because we got to hear the voice of the coach. 
And so that's the first thing that the scripture reveals to us, that we got to have that revelation of who Jesus is inside of us. And what does that mean in our lives? And then the second thing that happens in the scripture is Jesus changes his name from Simon Bar-Jonah to Peter. And he moves from being a stone to being a rock, to being a massive, a mass of solidness that he can build upon. Not build that house of sand, not build in the mud, not be shaky, not be up on Tuesday and depressed by Thursday, not be good to go and then I looked at social media and now I'm stressed out. Not unclear about our purpose, but solid, steadfast, immovable, and focused. And I submit to you that the kingdom dimension sits alongside the earthly dimension. And too many of us are stuck in the earthly dimension, looking with our natural eyes, wondering how I can get significance from a person, instead of turning to our kingdom dimension and becoming who God already created you to be. It is stressful to play small. It is stressful to be angry. It is stressful to be beneath who you were called to be. And it's frustrating. And I know you feel it stirring up in your soul. God is stirring up kingdom in you. And you've got to be crying out, God, I know there is more. I know I am more. I know I'm called to build more, to do more, to be more. And thank God he left us a a process because so often it can be, you can feel like it's a moving target. Like, okay, someone said to do this, and I did that, and then it feels like the carrot's dangling out a little further, and if I just do more prayer and more fasting and go to this conference, then maybe I'll get my healing. And then if I maybe go talk to this person, have this person lay hands on me, then maybe, hopefully, God. And all someone outside of you can do is activate what's already in you. And so we must surrender our old identity. The word calls it dying to self. The earthly family stuff, what I call my earthly family, the natural family, that's not who you are. That's what you've been through. But who you are is defined by God and God alone. And he had it in mind before he placed you in your mother's womb, before the trauma and the drama and the hurt and the pain and the betrayal and the violation and all the stuff we get to live through and overcome all to come back to remembrance of who we are. And that's where we are as a body. God is calling out that we must remember who we are. And I remember when I was going through this process, it was stressful, right? So I thought. And I was like, God, I don't, I don't, I want that. I really want that. It sounds so good. But how do I do that? How do I die to self? How do I take up my identity that you've created me with? And he answered and he said something so simple to me. He said, you must believe that what I have for you is better. Because I realized that I was so familiar with struggle. I was so familiar with, with, with the, the brokenness that I was holding on to the familiarity out of fear. And I don't have to fear the familiar. I know exactly what it entails. And I remember one time I was visiting my parents. I'm from the Seattle area. And I was home. And this was when, I mean, when you're dying to self, like you were, things are getting unraveled. I don't, you guys are going through this or been through it. 
And I was like, God, what else do I have to do? What else do you want from me? And he showed me this vision of myself. It was like me looking down on me. And in the vision, I was on my knees, and I'm not proud to say it, I was sucking up crumbs with my mouth. I'm not even talking like pick up the crumb. No, I was like in this vision. And I said, God, what is this? And he said, daughter, look up. Look up. You're so focused on the crumbs that you're afraid to let go of. And I've got a smorgasbord up here. And I looked up and I couldn't reach it, but there was this table as far as my eye can see. And it had like supernatural food on it and colors we've never seen. I mean, just an unlimited amount of heavenly food and food and nourishment. And I'm on my knees looking up like, God, how do I get there? He's like, lay down the crumbs. And I realized, I used to laugh at myself. I was like, well, I have a PhD in the chromology. Y'all, I can make a crumb look good. I can put some Holy Spirit duct tape on it. And it looks like it's a, you know, piece the crumbs together. I got half a cookie. God's like, put it all down. Don't you know that what I have for you is exceeding and abundantly beyond what you can think or imagine? But will you believe me for it? And I thought it couldn't be any worse, right? You know what I mean? Like, it can't be any worse. So, yeah, I'm going to believe you, God. And it was in the believing that this supernatural elevation began to happen. I began to get, you know, get an, a table, a seat at the table that he has for us. And so enough of crumb living, you all. We're going to put our degrees in crumology down, which means we have to lay down our old identities. The lies, the things we've struggled with and tried to overcome, looking for significance from other people, people-pleasing, all the stuff that we do. You do not need permission to be who you are. You do not need permission from anybody to be who you are. The one that needs to see you is God, and he does. And so when I was going through this process in my life, I began to ask God different questions. And I asked him one day, and I said, now this is a bold one. I said, God, when you and the angels talk about me, when you discuss me, because certainly you must be discussing me, right? Because if you're my father, certainly, what do you call me? And he said, we call you a kingdom trainer. I've called you to usher my children into the presence and the understanding of kingdom so they can access my wealth in all of its forms. When you hear God tell you that, life is never the same. When you hear God answer that question, God, what did you create me for? What did you call me to build in the earth during my lifetime? How much did you call me to steward, Lord? How many did you call me to touch? When you begin to sit and those spiritual ears and eyes are open and you begin to get the answers, you realize the crumbs we have been holding on to. And I said, Lord, I'm thinking way too small. Help me, Lord, become who you called me to be. And every single morning, I wake up before I even put, get my head off the pillow. I thank God for a new morning. And I said, Lord, show me what I need to focus on today to close the gap between where I am and who you created me to be. And every morning, he shows me. And when you are focused on kingdom, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. 
It doesn't matter what the person to your right or your left is doing. It doesn't matter who sees you and who doesn't. It doesn't matter who's there and who's not. It doesn't matter what you have and you don't have. There is an immovable focus, and that is what it's like to become the rock. Because God is waiting to trust us. He's waiting to know, and he asked that question to all of us. Will you serve me no matter what? Will you serve me no matter what? And then we start negotiating. Well, see, what happened, God, is um, I'll serve you if you bring me my husband. Then we're going to do it together. I'll serve you if you bring me 10 more thousand dollars. I'll serve you if you just let me lose 35 more pounds. I'll serve you if. And that's not the question. God said, will you serve me no matter what? Will you realize your identity isn't in past things? And your identity is in me. I call it my vertical identity because I live so long looking back at my horizontal identity from the family I came from, who they said I was, what accomplishments I had, and I realized none of it, it was all just the warm-up. It was all just preparation, but none of it mattered. Only one thing mattered. Who did you create me to be, Father, and help me be that person in the earth? And that is my fanatical obsession probably to a fault. My husband will be like, yeah, that, that is true. You focus to a fault. I always said, I know I focus to a fault. But I just can't imagine getting to the end of my life and not maximizing 100% of the potential that God promised me and the scripture promises me. It's absolutely unacceptable to me. And I don't have a day to waste. I don't have a moment to waste. I don't have a word to waste because it's going to take all of that. Because the word says a good man creates an inheritance for his children's children. So I need to live now in a way that my daughter's unborn children and our children's unborn children have trust funds. That's exactly how I think every day. When is enough enough when they have a trust fund? Two generations out, because I just believe that. When you are focused like that on kingdom or whatever, the, the overflow of the Holy Spirit, you well, their drama just leaves you alone. It's amazing. We give so much power to this, you know, enemy, this devil, to Satan. But he can only get to us if, if, if there's access, if there's darkness somewhere in our hearts and our lives. And we begin to heal that. Guess what we can do? We can live on the other side of it and begin to quarterback our lives. And so let's get back to the pattern here. So the first ones have the revelation of who Jesus is inside of you, meaning you have spiritual ears and eyes to hear and uh, to hear and see. And the second one is have that name change. Be willing to surrender your old identity and pick up the new one God has for you. And you all know that's the thing. We go, well, I don't know. I don't know, Eric. I don't know. Yes, you do. If you just sat still long enough, the greatness lives inside of you. And you have tasted it. You have touched it. You've expressed it at some point. And if you tell me you have, then I can tell you that you know when you have not. It's there. It just needs to be cultivated. It just needs to be spoken to. It just needs to be commanded. And it needs space to come out to play because you were designed to change the world. We were not designed to be depressed and, and broke. We were not. We were designed to stand out. We're designed to live in the overflow, in the abundance, in the overtaking of blessings. 
So before I get that, I have to share a story. So um, I run a women's uh, business organization, a mentorship group, and my mentorship group, we were Zooming before Zoom was in, right? And uh, they're all over the country. And one particular Monday, because we check in every Monday, we get on Zoom and like almost all the women are in tears. And these are like go-getters. I'm called, I'm the Lord told me I'm called to be a finisher, so I don't work, like, people who are, are starting off and just figuring out there's somebody, that's not my sweet spot. I'm like, you know you have a vision, you know you have a purpose, you've done some self-work and you're ready to bust it out, come talk to me. And these are those women. And they were all crying. And I was like, wait a minute. Now, I know you guys have been through the self-work, you've been through the heart, are we still here? What is going on? And then one speaks up and she starts crying and she says, Erica. You know when people say you got to be careful what you ask for because you might just get it? God answers my prayers and he's answering my prayers and so many people are coming. I don't know what to do. And a woman says, Erica, I don't know. She goes, I didn't know like a year ago. I didn't know who I was. And I'm just telling you guys the truth of what happened that morning. She goes, and I looked at my savings account. And I had $230,000, and I don't know where it came from, but I know it came from the work, and God did it. <laughs> She's just crying. Another woman's like, Erica, I wanted this contract, and I didn't know it was possible, and it's the biggest one I ever got. It was for $2.3 million, and he did it. <laughs> and they were just bust like crying. And we had been talking about how being overtaken by blessings is our natural state. According to the word. The word that says, the word says that those who love me and those who obey me, they shall be overtaken by blessings. What does that look like? Not occasional blessings, not drive-by blessings. Like, oh, there was one right there, right there. I got to run over here to get this miracle. I got to run over. The no, overtaken by blessings. They just follow you everywhere you go. You are in such overflow that the people around you are blessed. That's who we're called to be. And that is my absolute fanatical obsession. And I just invite you guys to join me in that because amazing things happen when you focus on the kingdom. So you're in that new identity. I call it my kingdom identity. And it doesn't mean you can't hang out with your family anymore. It just means that they can't bother you anymore. <laughs> My dad's just as trifling as he's always been. He's a narcissist. I love him dearly. I'm just clear about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm free from it. Like, oh, there goes daddy again. Okay. All right. All right. And it just, but it didn't damage me and see me and be there. None, none of that. I'm just free. And that's who we're called to be in the world, but not of it. And so once you get that name change, that new kingdom identity, then you become the rock. And on this rock, God will build his church. He will build his businesses. He will build his ministries. He will build his families. Upon this rock, he will build his church. But what does it mean to become the rock? It means that you're able to pull down any thought that attempts to exalt itself against the truth of who God says you are. And this is before everything manifests. It means that you have a spiritual bank account that is absolutely overflowing and it needs to manifest in the earth so we don't just pray for somebody when they have need, but we're able to bless them in other ways with time, with talent, with treasure. This is who you are. 
We are to live in such a way that people look at us and say, now, wait a minute, tell me about this Jesus again. Tell me about this Jesus again. Tell me about this God that you serve that's blessing you like this. And so you become that rock. You begin to become that holy temple of the Lord. That darkness cannot stand to be in your presence. It will actually flee. And here's what I learned. The people carrying it will flee also. I remember when I first started moving in deliverance uh, ministry. And I used to have like all these invitations. I was pretty new to Raleigh. I was going to a different church at the time. And I get all these invitations to like, you know, Memorial Day barbecue and just all the little barbecues. I get these invitations. I started moving in deliverance and all of them dried up. And I was like, Lord, what happened? Like, I'm nice. You know, what happened to, I mean, it just, and he said that because you commanded darkness to, come not, to not come near you, those carrying it cannot come either. And it can be a lonely road, but I'm raising up others. So we could actually have picnics together. And get invitations. But I'm telling you, there were years it was like crickets in my life. I'm like, what? what? Will somebody invite me somewhere? Well, let me invite. So you know what I mean? Like I was, what is going on? And I said, God, you forgot to tell me that. I forgot to ask that question. And you often hear people who are really living for the Lord. They're like, it can be lonely. Well, that's because darkness can't come near you. And when I first wrote my book, Beyond Fearless, which is all about deliverance and healing and, and all of that, I asked God, because you know the first thing God does when he brings you revelation is he shows you how messed up you are. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, I want to see the hearts healed and the people free. And he's like, well, huh, let's start with you. So that's what he did to me. I was like, Lord, I want to see people free and I want to see people delivered. He's like, let's start with you. And I was like, man, God, I've been serving you since I was 17. I gave up everything for you. How bad is it? If I'm this, this is my language, this is me talking to God. God, if I'm this jacked up, how jacked up are the rest of us? <laughs> you guys, I grew up in a family we were not allowed to say can't. We were not allowed to call names to each other. I never, like they never argued. So if something happens and raises its voice, I'm stressed out because I'm completely unskilled to deal with conflict. Because we just didn't have it in my house. It was not allowed. We couldn't even joke and call names as siblings. And so, um, <laughs> so I was like, Lord, okay, I've had a pretty good life. Had all this stuff we all have to go through. But how bad is it? And he said 98% of the body of Christ is oppressed with unclean spirits from the pulpit down. And they're completely unaware of it. And I mean spiritual darkness, that spirit of fear, that spirit of whoredoms that causes us to doubt ourselves, to, to bring up the fruit of, of low self-confidence and, and not accepting ourselves, being overcritical. Whew. That spirit of resentment, all of that. And he said 98% of the body, and we're going to start with you. So when you are the rock, you are free from that. You've done your heart work. Yes, we have to maintain. We've done our deliverance work. The stuff is in subjection. We understand that Jesus broke the power of Satan in the earth and all we have to do is take back the delegated power and take back the land of our mind, our bodies, our spirits, our families, our communities, our jobs, our workplaces. When I started teaching the freedom team, 
gosh, about a year and a half ago, we got to the part that in order to be a deliverance minister, you've got to be free from that which you're casting out of somebody. That's pretty fair. If I'm carrying fear, I can't cast it out of you. Spirit of fear is going to be like, yeah, okay, all right, keep talking. You know, so, and so I, I was teaching the part of class where it's like, now, of course, this is going to be an easy class. We were doing it via Zoom because of the pandemic. And I said, um, Jesus broke the power of Satan, and we are now just taking back the land. And I thought it was simple. I thought it would be a quick teaching because certainly we're all there. And there was absolute mutiny. And people freaked out, and they started getting together and having these small groups of how disturbing it was that I said that. And I was like, we didn't get the memo? So if you didn't get the memo, I want you to know that you carry the authority of Jesus and all of the kingdom of heaven in you, and that in your tongue lives the power of life and death. And that what you speak in Jesus' name, when you go through these steps, you begin to walk in the authority of Christ and you take back the land because Jesus went to his father and left the work for us to finish. He broke the power of Satan. We just have to take back the land. And we so want to take back the nations and we want to take back the church and we want to take back our families and we want to take back the youth. And I don't even know how to cast a headache out. So God is calling us up to be the rock, to move in authority, to have him be the first thing that you go to, to learn how to call forth resources into our hands so we can stop begging the world for stuff. Ooh, Lord, don't get me started. You guys gave me a mind test. What were you thinking? So we can stop begging the world and we can actually manifest the kingdom wealth that we have, the overabundance of love, the overabundance of joy. We should not have an angry Christian ever. If I see another mad, sad, or depressed Christian, I'm like, do you not know that joy is your natural state? And I've always had a joy mantle. Even when I've been going through just crazy stuff, I've always had a joy mantle. And people would always look at me like, oh, baby, just wait. You haven't been through anything. You're still smiling. God will get that smile out of you. I'm like, what? They didn't say that. But the looks I would get, like something was wrong with me because I had joy. It's our natural state. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Huh. If you don't have joy and you're a Christian, I'm suspect. How about that? Okay. So once you become the rock, then the next thing begins to happen. It says the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And that means darkness will begin to run the other way. It will take its tongue off of you. It will stop tormenting you. It will stop getting into your dreams. It will stop making you sick. It will not be able to come near you. Fear will not cross your mind. Doubt will not cross your mind because God said you are. God said you can. And therefore, the question is, God, show me how. Show me what. Show me when. And when you are focused on kingdom, you guys, there's not time for a whole lot of other stuff. I'm telling you, precious days, man. Then once you become the rock and the gates of hell, can't prevail against you, those openings, those portals, the next thing that scripture says is that the keys of the kingdom of heaven shall be given unto you. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose on heaven, in heaven. Have you ever tried to loosen bind, but you can't hear the Lord? You don't know who you are? Hell is, up on, is all in your life? It doesn't work. But when we go through the process, and of course it works in the anointing, God will cover us. Thank you, Jesus. 
He will cover our mess and use us mightily, no matter where we are in this process. But you have keys in you that are designed to unlock secrets and mysteries in the heavenly realm. And gone are the days that we're raising up the one key. Oh, I'm going to come to hear that one person speak. Like they've got the whole key ring. We've all got keys. Michael has a key. Alan has a key. Cindy has a key. Debbie has a key. We have keys. And God is saying enough of this moving as one key. We must begin to move as a keychain. And we must be healed, we must be delivered, we must be set free, we must know who we are so we can worship side by side with no competition. And bring forth the realm of heaven into the earth. This next revival that is upon us is not just one of heavenly encounters. It's not just one of Holy Spirit encounters. When we get up from the floor, we're actually going to have the kingdom training to know how to function. And when I asked the Lord years ago, I said, what does kingdom mean? Like, give, just, just break it down easy, God. So I'm just a little slow. And he said, kingdom means to rule. Kingdom means to rule. You were designed to rule and reign. Not in our own will, but in, with submitted wills and obedience to God, you were called to rule. Wherever you are planted in this instant in your life, you are called to rule it. You are called to change the atmosphere. And we're always waiting for God to take us out of that place so then we can do what he really called us to. You know it catch the fire. Start where you are. You're called to rule. Rule that. Rule your mind. Rule your heart. Rule your body. That's where I am right now because God's dealing with me. He's like, daughter, my name is, is above the name of sugar. My name is above the name of stuff. You got to get the body taken care of because when the glory comes, we've got to be standing. The glory needs to be so familiar to us because we live in the glory that it doesn't bowl us over. And so I want you to just think right now, what needs to be ruled in your life? And let's start with the inside. God's an inside-out God. What area do you need to rule? That one thing that if you could get it taken care of, oh my goodness, you'd be unstoppable. What do you need to rule? And it's not your husband or your wife or your children. It's never outside of us. It's inside. So I really want you to get, get that one area that if you could rule that, it would be life-changing. And I grew up in a little old African-American church in Lacey, Washington, and the preachers, and the preachers say, if you've ever been in a black church, 50 times in a sermon, they go, tell your neighbor. Neighbor? So I want you to do that. I want you to tell your neighbor. Neighbor? This is what I need to rule. And then tell your other neighbor, neighbor, this is what I need to rule. This is what I'm working on. This is what I don't have reign over yet in my life. And some of you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy and you're not telling your neighbor. Find a neighbor and tell your neighbor I mean it. Turn around, get up, whatever you have to do, tell your neighbor, call it out because darkness cannot hide in us any longer. Tell your neighbor. This is what I'm going to rule. This is what I need to work on. Because you guys, life is short, and we don't have any time less than binding and loosing. Just all day long. That's what we need to do. Just bind, 
things so they can be bound in heaven and bound in the earth and loose things. Call things forth. What do we need? There's a heavenly storehouse with your name on it. Do you know how to call it forth? So, it's about becoming the rock. So upon that, God can build his church. And then once you've got rulership here, we can begin to rule outside of ourselves. What is that thing that you're called to build? How are you going to impact your workplace? How are you going to bring forth that business? How are you going to move to the next level? But we got to be in God's order, you guys. God is a God of order. So I pray you got it. Let's review the first step. You got to have the revelation of who Jesus is by hearing and seeing with your spiritual ears and eyes. Number two, you've got to let go of your old identity so you can pick up your new kingdom identity. Number three, you've got to become the rock, immovable, unshakable, solid, trustworthy, and say, yes, Lord, I will serve you no matter what. Because in my wildest dreams, you have something better. And then you got to pull down that darkness, y'all. We are not designed to coexist with darkness. We are called to be holy, which means without mixture. Here and now in the earth. It is a lifestyle. Once you do the heart cleanse, you got to do it again. Because someone else is going to hurt your feelings, I promise. But we can come back to that center. And then we get loose those keys. And whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. In other words, there's nothing that we cannot do as the body of Christ. We are called to change the world. And I truly believe that if just those of us in this room got that revelation and begin to ask those kingdom questions and begin to have our spiritual ears and eyes commanded that they open, that us today, we could go change the world. There is assignment on our life. I call them kingdom assignments. And it's harder to not do it than to do it. But for some reason, we've been sold like it's so hard to serve God. And there's, it's not, Jesus took the suffering, you all. Now we get to move into life and life more abundantly so we can be overtaken by the blessings and so the next time we're crying, it's not from emotional pain. It's because God is so good that he blew my mind. And I shared this, gosh, probably years ago. I asked God, I said, when we're in the reality of kingdom, what is it going to be like? Like when we're really living there. And he said something to me that caused me to stop for a minute. He said, every day will be your best day. I said, what does that mean, God? And he said, let's say it's Monday. And on Monday, you just had the most amazing day, the biggest blessings, the things that just came forth, amazing friendships, just an experience of love like you wouldn't believe. And it was just the best day you could imagine. He said, I'm going to top it on Tuesday. And then Tuesday, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't think it could be any better. God, it's so amazing. Oh, my God, I'm so grateful. Show me how to steward it all, Lord. I don't know. And then he said, I'm going to top it on Wednesday. He says, and when you're in kingdom, you move from glory to glory. And you access the unlimited love, the unlimited joy, the unlimited gentleness, the unlimited faith 
the unlimited fearlessness, boldness, whatever you need, in unlimited measure. And I don't speak to you guys from a place of hopefully one day we'll get there. I want you to get today that it's yours, and it's yours now. And so if you wonder, God, where am I? What do I have to do? Get back to the scripture and follow the process so we can receive those kingdom keys and change every aspect of our world and everyone else we're assigned to. So I pray you guys got it. And keep in mind what it is you want to rule because the freedom team is going to come up. So I invite the freedom team to come up and... Um, so we can come on up and get some ministry if you need someone to command something out with you. This is not just a prayer team. This is a team that moves in the authority of God. So I thank you guys this morning. I pray you got the revelation. I pray that you have some steps and you know what to go back, pray into, and call forth. And I thank you guys for your time and just leave you that to just re remember who you are and that you're called to change the world. Thank you.